0: Let's just pray. Let's just prepare our hearts to not listen. You obviously have to listen to me because I'm here speaking, but to really draw out from anything that comes out of my mouth this morning, anything from God. (laughs) We just want to thank you, Lord, that you are here. That you are here. That you love it when your people willingly gather together and come to exalt your name, come to focus on you, because your desire, Lord, is to draw near to us. Your desire is to draw near to all of humanity. Your desire is to love your children You do love your children, but Lord, this morning you want to communicate from your heart of love truth that's going to set us free further, take us further into our knowledge and understanding of you, of the greatness of you, of the glory of you, of the reputation of you. So, Lord, we don't want to be passive, we don't want to hope for the best. We want to say, this morning, I determine in my heart to take what's good. So, Lord, we just pray that you would um, sharpen your word this morning that might come out of my mouth and cause it to bear fruit in our lives. Amen. Amen. So, we've been... um, Talking in leaders about, kind of knocking around a couple of phrases, uh, and I'm not saying we've kind of necessarily landed on this phrase, but this was one that came up in our leaders' meeting together uh, when we went away to Southport. Everyone should go to Southport. Southport's a great place. (laughs) Making space for the glory of God. Really making room for the glory of God. That's our desire it's so always our desire. It's our lifelong desire. But it's, it's a desire for us in this next year, really, as a, as a real focus to, to make room, to make space for the glory of God. And you kind of think, well, there's a few things there that kind of might need um, defining just to help me understand what that's on about, you know, like glory, for example, what's that, you know? And then I use this put the word manifest in there. So making space for the glory of God to be manifest. And manifest is a word that we kind of use quite a lot in Christian circles. And we think we kind of know what it means, but just to sort of be clear, that's exactly what it means, to be clear. So it means to show something in a clear or an obvious way. So something that's made manifest is something that's going to become clear, become obvious. So when people encounter us, the glory of God becomes obvious to them. And the talk today really is about our amazing participation, our part in participating in glorifying God. Like what are we here for? Not just like what we're here in this room for, what are we even here for? You know, what are we on the earth for? Why do we exist? You know, these are big questions. You know, you don't tend to ask these questions down at the pub with your mates or, you know, well, not that I'm always down at the pub with my mates. One, I've not got mates. Two, (laughs) not messing. No, they're not the questions on the whole that you go around talking about, but they are the things that, that rumble around inside of us. They rumble around inside of everybody. But actually... We're here to address that this morning. What are we here for? We could also say, you know, what is our mandate? Now, again, that's another word that's knocked around in Christian circles, you know, so we've got like manifest, that's one, isn't it? Mandate, that's another one that gets used. What is a mandate? Well, a mandate is the authority to carry out a policy. It's a commission. It's the authority to act. Okay, but if you use the word mandate, it summarizes all that, so we don't have to keep saying, you know, all the other stuff. So, yeah, there are words that get bandied around in our Christian world, but it's worth knowing what they mean, so that when we hear them, we know what it means, and we can use them and know what they mean. Now, the Westminster Catechism was a kind of series of declarations and I knew Tom would nod at that, actually. I thought, well, as soon as I mentioned Westminster Catechism, Tom's going to be on it, so so this was really there was a it was a meeting of the English and Scottish churches trying to find some way of of kind of becoming more unified together, so they kind of made put together a series of declarations of what they believed, and this happened in around well, over a number of years from 1646 to 1648. Um, And question one was, what is the chief end of man? And then there was an answer, wasn't there? And I know some of us know what the answer is. So the chief end of man was said to be by these guys to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And that's actually one of Tom's favorite things, isn't it? It's one of your favorite, it's your go-to, isn't it? Live by statement. And so it should be. (laughs) And they actually use Isaiah 60, 21 as an example of this. So it says, then, it says in Isaiah 60, verse 21, then will all your people be righteous, speaking of the future, obviously once we've got to Isaiah 60, quite a lot of Isaiah has gone by before we get to this point. Then when all your people be righteous and they will possess the land forever, they are the shoot I have planted, the work of my hands. For the display of my splendor, it says in the NIV or in the New King James, the tie may be glorified. So, Then will all your people be righteous. They will possess the land forever. They will be the shoot I have planted, the work of my hand. So it's all about his people. You know, his people will be for the display of his splendor. His people will be for his glory. His people will glorify him. Now, I'm going to go back a step before we kind of go on a little bit more into glory and glorifying and what the glory of God is and what our role is in glorifying God. And it's interesting because I know I keep mentioning Tom. Tom is, Tom is very much one of my favorite people, but he's not the only person. But I just happen to be mentioning Tom a lot this morning. So, so I sent Tom something the other week. And then and Tom was saying that he's been considering this topic of um, the image of God. And I felt, I can't talk about the glory without talking about the image. You can't talk about the glory of God without talking about the image of God. But interestingly, what I'm going to talk about is the glory of people and the image of God. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 1, and you know it really well. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. And then he tells them to rule. So that's called the dominion mandate. So that's something that we've been given authority to do. So that's what humans were given authority to do in the first place. So when God said, let us make man, he's saying, let us make humankind in our image. Let's make humans in our image according to our likeness and let them have rule over the earth. Then it says in the, some notes, it says, through the two of them, the male and the female together, he intended to live and reveal himself in the world. So that was his intention, was to reveal himself in the world. So we know we're talking about Eden there. Now, a better translation, and you could take issue with this, but um, it's not um, a matter of being taken issue with, really, because actually it's a matter of um, Hebrew grammar. So why people use in is, is a... Is interesting. So it says, so God created humankind as His own image. Not, it is in His image, but it's as His image. So we're in His image and as His image. It's both. But it, you know, we're limited in what we can say. So, in English, so God created humankind as His own image. Now, that doesn't mean that we are God. You know, we are Him. Because he's the creator, so we're not the creator, but we're the created. But the Lord's really firm on the idea, isn't he, of making no image that we we can worship, making no image of, of even him that we can worship. You know, and that goes beyond just doing a painting of Jesus, you know, it's more than that. Because the image is that representation of him. And he says, don't make an image of me to worship because I've already made images. I've already made an image of who I am. It's you. You're the image of who I am. And I felt this morning that that some of us need to get a kind of better idea of actually the position of human beings. Because there's a lot of pushing ourselves down, pushing ourselves out of the way, which there's some truth in that, so I'm not denying all of that, but not actually recognizing humans as God speaks of humans. Now, we know that humans have good in them and bad in them. And it actually does humankind a disservice in a way when we, if we dehumanize people, even like evil people, and say they're not human. They are human, unfortunately. That's an unfortunate aspect of being human. It's really, really important we keep a really firm grasp on humanness, <laughs> on humankind, and God's view of humankind. So he didn't want us to make images to, of Himself to worship because He's already made an image of Himself in us to be worshippers. Our mandate is to be God's images, to go around imaging God in everything we do. Not just one or two things, not just in singing, just everything. In everything we do, we are His image to represent him, to be, to be as him here on the earth. And then you go, well, what's that got to do with glory? What's that got to do with glory? Well, the definition of glory is the chavod of God, which Mike spoke about, which in its simplest sense means weight. But you can think of it in terms metaphorically like gravity, that kind of thing. When we talk about that, we're not talking about, you know, the gravity of a situation. We're not talking about Newton. Are we, you know? So the weight, the significance and the importance, but it also encompasses the idea of his honor and his authority, his his exalted status, his uniqueness. That's his glory. That's who he is. It's not just about shiny things. It's not just about him shining, even though that is him revealing his glory. That's his glory going public, somebody said. Humans have been gifted with significance, honor, and authority. We've just read about it, so we can't say it's not true. Psalm 8, though, kind of um, says a bit more about this. So it says from verse four, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands and put everything under his feet. Now, we know it's speaking of Jesus. But it is also speaking of our role. As well, because that's why he's calling him the Son of Man, and we'll see the connection later. It's to do with the restoration of what went wrong. (laughs) So, we are given responsibility to image God well. So, some people Humans will image God well. Some people won't image God well. We sinned and we dishonored God. Adam sinned, Eve sinned, and dishonored God, and we're separated from him. And it's through Jesus that we can re-image God. So we look at 1 Corinthians 15, and it's also in Romans 5, but I'm not going to look at that. 45 to 49. So so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, who was the last Adam? Jesus. A life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man from heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth, and as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so we, shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. <laughs> so, what's happened here is then what was broken is restored in Jesus. So, again, that mandate. To reveal the glory of God, we can do through the power of the Spirit. So it's the Spirit of Jesus, isn't it? Who lives in us. So just as we've borne the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. And what was he like? This man from heaven. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And then it goes on to talk about in Hebrews 1, how he's superior. So as, and then in Colossians 1 it says he is the image of the invisible God. So He says, I am going to be with the Father, and I will send my spirit to be with you. So what then is our job? What then is our mandate? He can go around representing God because he's Jesus. So he goes around representing God here. I'm doing this miracle. I'm representing God. I'm loving this person. I'm representing God. I'm bringing together groups that wouldn't normally come together under me. That's because I'm God. I'm healing people, that's because I'm God. And i am showing you how important it is for you to come and understand wholeness and fullness in me. So that's what he does. That's why he goes around doing those things, and he's Jesus, and then he goes. So is that the end of that mandate then? Is that the end of the job? Job done? (laughs) Well, no, we all know it's not. We all know it's the beginning. It's the beginning, isn't it? It's the beginning of the commission. It's the beginning of the mandate. But I think we need to just see it slightly differently. So it's true. It's not just about going and, you know, sh- you know not just about. That makes it sound like a, it's a small thing. No, it, it is about sharing the gospel. It is about sharing the good news. But it's also about, it's how we live. It's how we live as images of God. It's everything we do. Whether we eat or whether we drink, it says, doesn't it? Do everything for what purpose? For the glory of God. For the glory of God. Because you are made for the glory of God. That is in stone. It's in, a, in fact, it's in a rock. In fact, which rock is it in? It's in Jesus It's immovable. It's unshiftable. That is the mandate. And you say, but that's really hard to be the image of God. You say, well, actually, it's not, because you just are the image of God, okay? How well you do it is another matter. (laughs) But as a human, and my neighbor, who's not a Christian, as a human, he's made in the image of God. She's made made in the image of God. They deserve honor. They deserve love. They deserve respect. No matter who they are, because they're made in the image of God. All humans are made in the image of God. But as Christians, there's restoration to truly come into the fullness of representing God in a way which somebody who's Far from the Lord can't, but it doesn't stop them from being honoured, being human, and God loving them. Yeah? and It's not a pity love. It's not pity love. No. It's not pity love. He loves them. He loves them as much as he loves me and you. And some of us have not grasped that, have we? <laughs> I'll mention that later as well. Our status is the image of God. We're made in the image of God. To 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. I always lose my Corinthians, don't you? They're hard to find, those Corinthians. Well, I I like the verse beforehand. It's nothing to do with this, but I'll just read it anyway. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yay! And we, who with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So that helps us to understand the glory we already have but the, the glory increases because his, we glorify him in an increasing way as we are being transformed from glory to glory. I don't know if about, about you, but that's always been something I've always wondered. What does that really mean, being transformed from glory to glory? You know, you tend to think it just means getting better and better, which, again, you know, there's an, there's an aspect of that, but, but there's more than that. It's also about glorifying Jesus more. You know, he's going to become more and more apparent. It's not just about getting morally better. I mean, he may well be getting more, well, he should be probably, but you know, <laughs> that's not the focus. That's kind of, that will happen. And then I love this, Second Corinthians 4, so just moving on a bit. Um, so, Paul. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So They can't really see Jesus for who he is because their eyes have been blinded. And then he's speaking about himself and his team, but we do not preach ourselves. For Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Now that's a lot of words there, okay? To so give us a... So I'm going to say that again. Thanks, Karen. made (laughs) made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light, that's like the revelation, isn't it, of the knowledge, which is not just the knowledge, is it? It's the deep knowing, the transforming knowing of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Well, that's really important. The face of Christ is really important. (laughs) We know the face of Christ is really important, but But we have this treasure in jars of clay. What's the treasure that you've got in jars of clay? Yep. And it's the light of the knowledge of the glory of God as well as the treasure. It's really getting it. So we do have the glory of God in the face of Christ. We do have Jesus in us who's the glory of God. But he's given us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. He's just saying, you know, it's important that you get it in the spirit. To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Who feels like a jar of clay? I have felt like a jar of clay this week. Really, lots. So much like a jar of clay, I thought I was crumbling. And then... I'm like, all oh, well, I'm going to be standing up and speaking about the glory of God. <laughs> I think, you know, I don't think I can do that. Not because I can't, because I will not believe it. <laughs> and there's other things that God's asked me to do. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can be that. A leader of this church, I don't know if I can be that. I don't know if I can be that. I don't know if I can keep being that. A leader of this church, I don't know if I can keep being that. That's because I'm a jar of clay. That's because I'm a jar of clay. I want to keep doing what the Lord's asking me to do for as long as the Lord asks me to do it. So it's not an excuse to be a jar of clay (laughs) and say, I can't reveal the glory of God because I'm a jar of clay. No, you can reveal the glory of God because you are a jar of clay. And that's why he goes on to talk about all the challenges that he's facing, hard-pressed on every side, not crushed, not in despair, not abandoned, not destroyed. So we carry Jesus in our body, that the life of Jesus, it goes on to say, might be revealed. So it's not, that doesn't actually mean the same thing as move aside Get out of the way so that Jesus can be seen. And it's re- that, again, is a subtle difference. Yes, it, we do need to be humble. But what it's saying is, in all your humanness, in all of your clayness, you have glory. You don't just have glory in you. You also have glory in you. But God has honored you. God honors you. Because He wants to be honoured through you as well. But he honours us because he loves us and he's given us a role and the role is to be an imager of him. Some of the heavenly beings are probably a bit miffed about that because he's not given them the same job. They've got a different job. Ours is such an exalted job. It's amazing. But we don't see it. And the enemy would keep us blind to the job he's given us to do. But it's not by might, not by whatever, power, that's the one, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Now, I know that's another one that trips off the tongue, doesn't it, you know? But that's what he's saying as well. So he ascends... He sends his spirit. And part of that, he says that you might know. You know, when um, when Paul prays, you know, that we might have power together with all the saints. What, to do miracles? That's actually not the first thing he says, is it? What is the first thing he says? To grasp. I always get this. Oh, hi. How wide, how long, how low, how deep, how? <laughs> you know, some people here know the Bible better than me. You know, to to grasp the enormity of the love of God for us, right? It's really important. I want to keep grasping that more and more and more, because as we as we grasp, you know. The love of God for us would grasp that he wants us fulfilled in our mandate. If you're not feeling fulfilled now and if you're restless in God, I suggest that you come before him and say, what is it that needs to change? What is it that needs to shift Now, there's going to be some things you've got no power over shifting, okay? There'll be some things you've got no power over shifting, and he has the power to shift some things. But in terms of your mandate, where are you not fulfilled? So you need to be reaching, I need to be reaching into God and saying, what needs to shift? What needs to change? Because he wants you fulfilled in your mandate. He wants you fulfilled in your imaging of him. So, whether you're eating or whether you're drinking, whether you're going to the shops, or whether you're, whatever you're doing, painting a picture, whether you're making a meal for someone, whatever you're doing, whether you're serving the poor, whether you're acting, <laughs> whatever you're doing, whatever we're doing, we do it all for the glory of God. And if that's not working out, sometimes things are not working out. Sometimes things need to change. Sometimes we do need to change job. Sometimes we need to stay in the job that we've got. You know, we just have to come to the Lord. But I feel like, you know, where some of us are a bit stuck in our mandate, you know, (laughs) we need to know that he does want us fulfilled. We need to know that some things might need to shift. And he might need to show you some things that can't change that you need to let go of a bit for a time and just leave them with him in his cubbyhole where he's dealing with it so that you can get on with something else. Otherwise, you'll just be stuck looking in the cubbyhole wondering when he's going to answer that thing. You coming out yet, God? Have you sorted it yet? No? I'll stay here then a bit longer. Won't go anywhere. Won't do anything. Hello, it's me again. (laughs) Have you done it? No, not yet. I know I'm being a bit facetious, but it can be like that, can't it? I wasn't planned on saying that. I know I've gone on a bit. Dave will be on to me. So it's really important that we grasp who we are. And I am going to finish with this. But one aspect of us as, as, as his images, is that we declare the glories of God, it says. You know, we declare the glories of God. And in worship as well, worship is, is sung worship that is important. It's vital, actually, and it is the rest of our lives. It's, it says in Romans, present yourselves as a living sacrifice. You know, our worship is our whole life. But we're going to declare out loud God's honor Because it says in Psalm 22 that God inhabits the praises of his people. And it says it more than just Psalm 22. But it says he dwells in the presence. His presence dwells in the praises of his people. Praise causes us to look at the face of Christ. It's really important that we spend time looking at the face of Christ, singing the glories of Jesus alone with others, And praise brings a response from God. As we really sing his excellencies, as we declare who he is, he comes in a special way. There is no doubt about that. He turns up in a way that's different from many other times. Because of our focus and because he's being exalted, so he, he will come. And as we go forward, because there's others who are going to speak on worship and others who are going to speak on prayer, there's others who are going to speak on other aspects of the glory of God. But as we go forward, making space for the glory of God, it's really important that we see who we are. We see that as images of God that we have been mandated to glorify God just by being human, but even more so, through the power of the Spirit, to demonstrate the many, many glories of God. So as we go into our lives, as we go into our families, you might think, I am just a jar of clay, which I know I've said, because you are a jar of clay, but come with your clay, And say, I want to demonstrate your glory, Lord, in my family. I want to be an imager of you in my workplace. I can't do it with just clay. But I can do it with your Holy Spirit. But what he's saying is, don't go out unequipped. Don't go out. Unarmed. Don't go out unprepared. Come into my space. Look at my face. So let's just have a minute now where we just, you know, just receive from the Lord what it is he wants to land with in our spirit and respond Just in our spirit to Him. So, Lord, we want to thank you that you have made us, in your image, male and female, to rule. Even now, not just in some time in the future, to be imaging you. That Lord, you love, Lord. You're eager to image yourself through us. You're eager to reveal yourself through us, Lord. You're eager to do miracles through us, Lord. You're eager to show justice through us, Lord. You're eager to heal through us, Lord. You're eager to love through us, Lord. You're eager to bring freedom through us, Lord. Because whatever your mandate was, it's our mandate now. And we do it in your power. So we bring before you all of our powerlessness and we open ourselves up and say, thank you, Lord, that you have filled me with your Holy Spirit that I can be and do all that you are. So show us, Lord, in our individual lives, what might need to shift or change, what might need repositioning for us to to be more fulfilled in our imaging of you, that whatever we do, whether we eat or drink, that we do it all for your glory. Amen.